0: the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship, and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cammy Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast.
1: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible Podcast, and we have an amazing guest. For you today, all the way from Australia, we have Angela Henderson, who is an international award-winning business coach for women, an international keynote speaker and podcaster who helps women in business get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. Angela welcome to the she's invincible podcast we're so excited to have you with us today
2: hey, hey so excited to be here thanks so much cami
1: oh my gosh so listen let's do this let's tell our listeners how did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible listen
2: for me it's i mean I always say that every part of life has been a contribution to where you are today, even if there is the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, you know, originally I grew up in the amazing country of Canada. I've lived in the US. I did my master's in Australia in social work. I went back to the US and did my clinical prac. Uh, So I used to do diagnostic assessments with people with uh, mental health. So that was, you know, I I love that passion. But then I had my son, and we were just sitting on the floor one day playing toys, but all the toys, he was only nine months old and all the toys were electronic and all the bells and whistles were going and I was like that's great don't be wrong we've got iPads we do all that but I thought Surely for a baby, there has to be other things that are out there to help stimulate the fine motor skills and gross motor skills and imaginary play. And that's when I started looking at different products that were out there. And then we brought on probably about 50 products to begin with. Uh, And and then I created the store called Finley and Me after my son Finley. And ultimately, what that was an e-com platform focusing on creating childhood memories through play, love, and travel. I also, the travel part comes in, um, because I then also became one of Australia's leading influencers I was signed with Netflix I was signed with a lot of big companies similar to what you guys would have in the US like Whole Foods the Hilton Sheridan's doing you know mean? those big kind of companies and they wanted me to be able to produce content for them and then share it on my platform with the parents so it was a really great learning through that initial business because technically I was able to develop different income streams so if you had a bad month with one you weren't heavily then reliant on the other and it's something that I think all should be looking at. Never put all your eggs into one basket. And then so Finley and Me was awesome. I did that for just under 10 years. Um, But I don't know about probably year seven into Finley and Me, people wanted to start picking my brain. I didn't really understand at that stage from a consulting point of view, what does picking your brain mean? And uh, then I found out very quickly is that they want free advice. Um, And after two months of doing it, I then came home one day and I was like, They want these coffee dates. I'm driving to these coffee places. I don't drink coffee. I'm then driving home. I'm paying for my coffee. I'm like, I'm out two hours. I'm like, oh, if I would have charged these people for my expertise, I could have a secondary business. And that's where Angela Henderson Consulting came from. It was never on the cards. It was never written down as a vision or a goal or anything like that. Um, And now, predominantly, I work with women in business to get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. And, uh, yeah, I do that through one-to-one consulting, my mastermind, in my 12-month group uh, accelerator program. So, yeah.
1: That's such an amazing journey, just to be sitting on the floor playing with toys with your baby to, you know, becoming this top influencer and and having all these toys for childhood learning and all of that. Amazing. To so then this shift. So, and yeah. I love what you said about the whole picking your brain. Isn't that like, you know, there's got to be a better way for people to say that, you know, like maybe tap into your genius. But when people yeah. say like, I want to pick your brain, it's like, Hey, who wants
2: to get their brain picked? I exactly. I read this funny quote once. It went viral when I posted. It was like, hey, I want to pick your brain. And then it was like dot, dot, dot. And then it's like the person responding about like, hey, let me pick your credit card first. And I was like dying, right? Because it's like so true because the thing is, is that I am very big about giving back to community. I've got no problems. You know, I produce such as you a free podcast every week to give back. And there's all these other things that we do. But there comes a time though, it's like, I don't think people realize that we've spent years of time and money and whatever to learn and know what we know, right? You don't go to a plumber and say, Hey buddy, I've got a problem with my drain. Can I, can you just like knock on their door and be like, can you just fix this? Like there's an expectation that that service is going to be paid for, but I find in the consulting field that there's like, Oh, we can just ask, do you know what I mean? Like they forget about the value that we bring to the table
1: yeah for sure and and all the education right and and the years and years and the the investment like even look at your education as you you know mentioned in your journey how you you know you came from canada you went to the u.s you studied you went back you you know you have many years of investment and and time and all of that for your education as well which i'm sure Helps you, even though you're not using that degree in social work, it helps you with what you're doing today, and I I think. One hundred percent,
2: and even now I spend anywhere from forty to sixty thousand dollars a year on upskilling from other people who are further ahead of me. So I've got additional skills to be able to give back to the women that I work with. So, you know you take that 40 to $60,000 a year, if people, it's still equivalent to say a law degree, you just don't have a piece of paper to show for it. So yeah, so I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars over the 10 years of doing this, uh, but it's important that I never stop learning so that my clients get the best, right? So yeah, it's it's always money, right? Oh,
1: always, always, but always a great investment. So I love how you said, um, about let me pick your credit card first. That's awesome. But I love how you, you know, took that situation and turned that into a business opportunity. And, you know, to me, it seems like that is your expert zone of genius is being able to see what's there in front of you and be able to turn that into an opportunity. And I know that you know you have uh you know some great great tips around uh skyrocketing your sales you have a special program your your 3s framework can we talk a little bit about that yeah one of the
2: things that i say that i start looking at when i start working with people is that with your 3s framework um even before we get into the framework one of the things i say is that the number one thing to be mindful of uh that people forget about when they look at skyrocketing your sales so i just want to address that real quick because it's kind of like important to lead into where we're going and that is the number one thing to be mindful of of when it comes to skyrocketing your sales is overcomplicating things you know there's so much noise on the internet about create this crazy funnel you know create this and do this and you know etc but the reality of it is, is you can have a successful, you, know, you can be successful and skyrocketing your sales without having to overcomplicate things. So I just want to start that. Cause that's kind of the premise. The second thing I want to talk about is I want businesses to understand why they struggle with sales and the, the thing that I need people to understand, and this might not be what they're thinking about here, Cami, is your outside world is a reflection of your internal world. What goes on the inside shows on the outside you might be thinking how the hell does this relate to sales engine here's the thing if you have internal stuff that you have not resolved it is a direct reflection on your outside so most people that when i start um working with them and i talk to them about selling they they're like i feel yuck i can't do it um and a lot of times it has to do with money blocks all right from when they were younger it has a lot to do with fear it has a lot to do with whatever so it doesn't matter Kami, these next three steps that I'm gonna give you because until you work on the internal stuff, you're going to continue the external part of your world of not having any sales is going to continue to be a problem. So people also need to be looking at the internal work before, do you know what I mean, just jumping right into the 3S framework. Now, the other thing that I wanna talk about and with that is things like, What are their beliefs that they have? What are the stories that they have? What is the confidence or lack of confidence they have? What are their money blocks? And again, people often, Kemi, don't feel right to sell because they feel it's uncomfortable. They shouldn't be selling in a time of COVID because other people aren't making money. And I'm like, the economy still needs to go on. And so when I hear things about people wanting to skyrocket their sales and they start to feel yuck about things for whatever those reasons are, I want people to just look at a simple reframe called selling is serving. Every time you sell, you are serving something beautiful. So if you feel like, oh, I've got to wake up today and I've got to sell in order to skyrocket my sales, reframe it to today I get to wake up and I get to serve my audience with something that is going to move them from here to here. I get to help serve them and help transform their business. Whether or not you're a Pilates instructor and you get to help transform their mindset and their physical body, whether or not you are an accountant and you get to serve them and transform their finances into making Jimmy you know, more profitable, Jimmy you mean know, business, whether or not you you're a doctor, you get to serve your you know I mean, patients by making sure that they get the right medicine or treatment, right? We are constantly serving. When you choose not to serve, you are actually doing a disservice to your community. So just know that if you want to skyrocket your sales, you're going to not only, like I said, have to work on not overcomplicating it, not uh, ignoring what's going on in your internal world. And remember that you are serving them. Does that make sense?
1: That is, I love what you just said that by not serving is a disservice. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Like that is the, the bomb right there for anyone who doesn't, you know, is uncomfortable selling. And, and also what you said about the economy must go on. Absolutely. And I know you and I agree, you know, on that a hundred percent, but you know, we cannot lay down and die. This is where we have to stand up. We have to reinvent ourselves and we have to push even harder and I love that you're acknowledging that and that you're sharing that because that is so powerful. thank you 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 know no worries and then if once we kind of get through that and you start going
2: oh i probably do have money blocks because my mom or dad said i've got to work hard for my money or money's dirty or whatever that is or you know i'm not good enough or i'm a failure or whatever you gotta work on that you have to heal that and listen i'm only 10 percent woo all right i'm not very spiritual not any of that at all but the thing is is until you work on the internal the next three quick s's i'm going to go over you're going to struggle with. So what I'm about to teach you is not rocket science. This genuinely anyone listening should be able to do this. But my first S is about showing up. I want you to ask yourself, how are you showing up in your business? Because if you're not showing up and being visible, then how are you going to be able to serve people? I want you to think about what platforms are you showing up on? But more importantly, are these the right platforms for where your ideal client, customer, or patient are sitting? For example, LinkedIn is not my ideal client or my ideal platform, so I don't hang out there. But I do hang out on the podcasting platform, I hang out inside my active Facebook community, the Women in Business Collaborative, and I hang out on Instagram. My my data shows me that my people are there. Why? Because dun, 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 I'm checking my data. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. I also want you to think about, are you showing up consistently on these platforms, such as, is it daily, weekly? What is your strategy about showing up? What are you showing up consistently with your newsletters? All right. Again, how and where are you showing up? You know, I don't want you to be showing up everywhere. That's not the purpose of this. The purpose is do you need to create a podcast or a YouTube channel? Do you know what I mean because that's where your relevant people are? Think about where you're going to show up and get the biggest ROI and be able to serve and skyrocket your sales. The more you show up, the more visible you are, the more trust and credibility you build, and ultimately the more people you can serve, aka sell to, and aka skyrocket your sales. And lastly, in order to show up, you must be able to look at where the ROI is for where you're showing up and the data. This allows you to focus on your time distribution. The main thing that you can do is get Google Analytics installed into your website. And what happens is you'll be able to look at how many people are on your website, where is that traffic coming from, Pinterest, you know, all those places that I've just talked about, and you'll start to know. One of my clients in my mastermind came to us in the mastermind meeting this week and said, I'm sick of Pinterest. It doesn't do anything for me, da 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 And I said, well, what? how do you know this? What evidence is presented to you? And Rochelle said to me, I don't really know, but I'm sick of it. And I said, okay. I said, can you just log on to Google Analytics, share your screen with me, and let me go to where the part is that shows me where the traffic from the socials are coming. Pinterest was the number one driver of traffic to her web. Website. Now, if she wouldn't have looked at the data, she would have cut that primary source of people coming to her website off, and we would be in a detriment to her business. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And those analytics are so important, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, Great yeah. So it's, so, it's just about, yes. Yeah. So and my first S is showing up really think about where you're showing up and if the platforms are correct and where your ROI is. The second one that I talk about is strategy. What is your strategy for skyrocketing your sales, but what is equally your strategy for your business strategy? Some people will be, do a great job, Kami, at showing up. Actually, I'll go to Instagram and I'll look at say the podcast, right? But they've got no strategy, Kami. They're just posting pretty pictures of cats or dogs or quotes or memes, but they are not say, they're, they don't have call to actions right on the bottom of these posts to say, hey, head to this here and check out my blog post, or hey, book in a discovery call here, or hey, head to my website to buy this product. There's no strategy. So they're ticking a box, and yes, they're showing up, but it's not going to give them any ROI because they've got no strategy attached to that and again they've got no strategy or business plan for their business so they just keep throwing spaghetti at a a wall and nothing sticking and then they're getting frustrated and then we've got women in business closing down so first s is showing up second s is strategy i also want you to think about with your strategic part of this um, second s is what is your promotional rhythm a promotional rhythm is a term that i've coined I, i literally haven't heard anyone else say it but what is If you have, I'll use mine, for example, because it's still seven o'clock in the morning here in Australia, so my brain isn't firing at full cylinders yet. But I have my one-on-one, I've got my mastermind, and I've got my 12-month accelerator program, right? So you can't, you could, but you're going to confuse your audience. So what we do is we create a promotional rhythm, and we look at what's coming up and how's that going to work. So if I've got a month, and there's four weeks in a month, I go week one. Every day, I'm going to sell, or aka serve, Monday through Friday. Week one, I'm, all I'm going to talk about is my mastermind. Week two, I'm going to talk about what availability I have for my one-to-one. Week three, I'm going to be promoting my 12-month accelerated program. And I also run Australia's leading women in business, six, um, women in business retreat. So I will talk about the retreat on week four. I have my rhythm down about what I'm promoting. It makes it easy for me to create content because I just know every week we're talking about one product versus multiple products. All right. And I've got my rhythm down. So I want businesses to think about, not only about this, um, the second S is that strategy, but what is the promotional rhythm strategy that is weaved within that and strategy helps you, but it also helps your people to know how you can help them and serve them. Does that help?
1: That is amazing and simple, amazing content marketing. I love that. That That is so powerful. I think that, you know, uh, there's a lot of women in business who will be listening to this who haven't quite gotten that down yet, you know, frustrated and, uh, and don't really know where to spend their time or what they should be talking about. And this just breaks it down so simple. I love that
2: so that's the second s strategy and the third s is if you're showing up and you've got somewhat of a strategy you need to be selling this is the thing if you were in a nine to five job so when i was a mental health clinician i had a job description and my job description Cami, told me that i had certain kpis and duties that i had to meet either daily quarterly and yearly if i didn't adhere to that i then got pulled into my boss's office, I then potentially, if I then didn't adhere to it again, I then got performance managed. And then typically I would have been fired. So why do women in business sabotage by not selling? You're, you, just because you're not working in a nine to five doesn't mean you don't have a job description. Your job description is business owner, director, whatever it's called. And part of your business um, description, one of your KPIs sh- should be to sell daily. If you do not sell, just like if you do not do your KPIs in your nine to five job, and you don't have a job. If you do not sell, you do not have a business. So I don't understand why we struggle so much with making that direct correlation. So again, you, you, you need to remember that selling is serving. You need to remember that as a business owner, it is part of your job to sell daily. Now, you've heard me say this multiple times now, I'm, I'm saying daily. Now, you might be thinking, I've got to sell or serve daily this like what is, she's over the top. No, I'm not. Why am I not over the top? Because the algorithm is only presenting to your audience, 5% of what you put on social media. So if you have a 1000 people that are like is combined on Instagram and say your Facebook group or, or Twitter or whatever, if you've got 1000 people on any given day you are lucky if 50 of those people see the content that you are serving them and selling them of those 50 people majority of those people one percent probably only need what you have to offer them so if you aren't constantly selling and serving to your audience daily guess what it's going to take you a long time to accumulate to mean your goals So this is not an overkill. One day, your AKA selling could be to send the email to the newsletter. But just know that you need to have multiple touch points. And when I say daily, I sell AKA serve Monday through Friday. I don't do it on the weekends because that's what I've chosen not to do. But you can be sure that if you go and look at any of my platforms that I'm on, you will see me providing one piece of value content and one selling content every single week. So you know, in a nutshell, my 3S framework is like a puzzle piece. If you don't have the first S and you only have strategy and you only have selling, but you're not actually showing up anywhere, it's not gonna work. If you only have the selling bit, but you uh, don't have the, um, my middle bit, the strategy, but you are showing up, it's not gonna work. You need the three Ss in order for it to come together like a puzzle and to be the most effective way to grow your business. So again, if I kind of just recap my things that I would want your audience to listen to is, are things um, easy in, do you know what I mean, skyrocketing your sales, or are you overcomplicating them? What are your beliefs, stories, and mind blocks that are holding you back that you need to really look at your internal world, because that's a direct reflection of your external world? Remember, selling is simply serving. And then again, how are you showing up in your business? What platforms are you on and are these the right ones? What does your data say? Do you have a strategy to skyrocket your sales? Do you have a promotional rhythm? And are you selling, AKA serving daily? So, yeah, so that's my kind of in a nutshell, Cami.
1: That is brilliant. It is, that is so brilliant. And I love, I'm taking you right back to the beginning now for a minute. And I love what you said about it the internal, you know, conflict that goes on and why, you know, people have money blocks and they have things that sabotage, they use to sabotage themselves with the stories about money. And you even said like, it could be something you grew up with, right? It's something your mother said, or like, you know, my dad would say money doesn't grow on trees, you know? And like things like that, that really they implant that into you. So um, which, and this is just a random question, but which of your programs addresses that? Like, is there a, a introductory program that actually addresses the internal stuff before you get into these other things?
2: So I don't have an introductory program, but what I do typically in like my first assessments with the women that I work with, is we start looking at their values. We start looking at you know, some of these things that are coming. They've got a questionnaire that they have to fill out. Because this is the thing, most women that come to me feel that their problem is sales and they need, I need this, I need to hit 100K, I need to hit a million, I need to hit 5 million, whatever it is. I need to hit my first 5K, right? So I can't sell to women. You need to work on your internal world. Cuz I would never make I would I would not be a multi-six figure business owner. I have to meet them where they're at where they think that the selling is their primary thing to get their sales. And once I have, so even in my discovery call, I will start asking them questions. If this happened, how would you respond? That gives me an indicator about, do they have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? How much more work will I have to do? So what happens is I'm already looking at that when I'm on a discovery call with them. Then I get them into the program and we start looking at their values, their beliefs and some things around that. Then I do a lot more of the strategic work, but what I do do is I have a monthly mindset coach that comes in specifically to deal with the internal stuff. So she will look at things like, self-sabotage, she will look at things, oh my goodness, like the list goes on and on. Um, Beliefs, stories, that money stuff that we're talking about. She'll also work on things like journaling and breath work and a whole bunch of things because everyone will learn and need to deal with the internal conflict differently. So we bring a bunch of different tools in place. My zone of genius is definitely, and this is I need to identify, we can't do everything. So as a business consultant, I see the overall picture and I can go, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is how we're gonna fix it, Da, 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 and I bring it all together, almost like a mini project manager. But for me, as a mindset coach, to I mean, to work in the internal stuff, that is their zone of genius. They live, eat, breathe that. So that's why I bring someone in every month. Um, she does a live call to my one-on-one clients, my mastermind clients, and my 12-month accelerator clients, uh, so they can access her. And then she's also inside of our Facebook community, so that she's got people can ask questions in between sessions. So, yeah, so I'll call out people need to work on this you need to do this you need to do that uh, but she'll come in and unpack that a little bit more
1: i love it that is brilliant and that that was kind of what the question was like is there any one of these programs that is you know recommended for that so this is covered in anything that you're doing and that is brilliant so um and i agree 100% i tell people that i work with every day success is the 6 inches between your ears and until you get that fixed it doesn't matter what you do and how, or how you do it, right? You, you can totally. have a fluke and have a good, a good run, but it doesn't last until you get that fixed. So I totally agree. And this is brilliant. And I love your approach to it, that you're not even trying to deal with that. You're just handing that off to that expert and letting them deal with the things that, they're, that they've mastered. And that is amazing. Um, okay, so let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you.
2: Sure, absolutely. So the best place, again, it depends on how you consume information and what you want. But I say, if you go to my website, AngelaHenderson.com.au, you then can have the opportunity to look if you want the podcast, read the blog article, join my Facebook community, uh, book a call with me. So I would just say, go to AngelaHenderson.com.au and then choose which platform will work best for you and just make sure you connect. We'd love to stay connected.
1: Fabulous. All right. Well, you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we are going to share with fierce female entrepreneurs. We're going to have them share their expert zones of genius to give value and tips that they can apply to their life and their business right now and get get a, a result, see a difference right away. And thank you so much for doing that. We also promise them that we are going to let them behind the scenes. We are going to share with them what these successful women have journey through, what their journey looks like, uh, some of the obstacles that they've overcome. Because you know, Angela, you work with many women as well. And women always are comparing themselves to other women. And so while they're looking at you and they're you know, thinking how successful you are and seeing where you are today, they have no idea what you've been through. And so they don't believe they can do it because they think they have to look and act and be as smart as you are. Uh, but, you know, the Angela that, that appears today is not the one who was on the journey, right? We, we become who we are through the journey. And so we're going to share a few stories with our listeners now about your journey. So what I would love to do is first, let's talk about the good. So could you share a story with these women about something really good that happened along your journey?
2: I mean, listen, for me, I mean, there's so many amazing things, really, and I show gratitude every day for what I have, but for me, is really about stepping into my bigger self to become more visible, and that was, you know, putting myself out there uh, with the podcast, and now I've got, you know, you know, one of the top business podcasts for women, putting myself on stage, right, um, and because when I allowed myself to step into that bigger power and break through my own internal stuff and look at my own uh, visibility and things like that is i knew that by stepping into that that i would be able to help more women in business to become more sustainable and as we talked about before recording is I knew I was a detriment to those women if I couldn't step in and help more women and serve more women. So by being able to step into those things, so yeah, so speaking, uh, the podcast have definitely been two of the, I think the greatest things. And the last thing though, that I would say is an equal close is, is networking and people might say, well, how is that good? My, I would not be where I am today without the network that I have. So I'm very grateful that I learned early on even going by to free events. And then I would pay for $25 events and then I now pay up to 40 to $60,000 a year, right. It was incrementally based on where I was at and what I could afford at the time and for what I needed at the time, but my network equals my net worth. I'm able to, and it's not just about worth as in a financial worth, it's worth about feeling good about giving back to community. It's about uh, my worth of um, helping the economy. It's my worth around uh, communal, you know, it's, it's so much more than just a money transaction. But your network, what happens is when you start to build it, you then get to tap into their networks too. And then by default, it's like a little ripple effect is now instead of you having to pay more for marketing, your network, people are talking for you doing do you know I mean, and kindly about you and for free. Right? So my thing is, is I would equally say to speaking in with podcasting is, is about, you know, the good for me is the network that I have made around the world over the last 10 years in business.
1: That is fabulous. And that, that does, that's a testimony to your success. I love, and i love it your network equals your net worth i couldn't mm. be more simple uh, okay so that is great and uh, you know tell me this in that how would you suggest right now where we are in all over the world with the pandemic and things what has been your best uh, form of networking
2: mm-hmm. yes yeah, so i mean i'll give you i mean Networking is I joined a $20,000 mastermind myself, you know, uh, for people in, I, I wanted people outside of Australia. Uh, so I joined an American mastermind. Um, so again, I'm able to hop on with these women, you know, who, uh, again, also, I'd like to say, is when I look at masterminds, I always also like to look to be at the one of the bottom of the totem pole. And I do that because I have the most to learn when I do that. I don't wanna be the one who knows everything when I enter a mastermind, right? So, you know, know that you don't have to be like, don't allow yourself to not get into a mastermind because you let your ego get in the way i'm always about like who else is in the group what's going on right you know there's eight uh, and eight figure women in business in ours there's seven figure business and you know i'm a high six figure do you know what I mean but I haven't hit the seven figure in this business so for me is it's like i position myself in an uncomfortable position um in order to make sure i have the most to learn does that make sense
1: so yes yeah, so good. mastermind Yeah, it does. And you know, I've I've heard said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to move to another room, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that is so smart of you to be to want to be at the bottom. Um, Amazing. That is such such great. So that's what
2: I've used is that and then also I This year it was about looking for opportunity in a time when people were very much, in my opinion, and some rightfully so, but I'm also about every day you get to wake up and choose how you act and what you do, As I chose to look for opportunity at all times this year. So I was due to speak at three international stages this year and, and a variety of other things overseas, but obviously all of that got halted. So I looked for opportunity about how I could still build my network and still make sure that I was helping women around the world to move their businesses forward. So I then put together a a women in Business Success Summit that brought together 50 speakers from around the world in order to make sure that those women still have the tools, community, and resources. But by doing that for the other women, I still then got to solidify my network with 50 other speakers. Does that make sense? So it was a win-win for both myself, but equally still staying aligned to my mission of helping women get the tools, community, and resources they need. So that's where I was looking at where, where are the opportunity gaps that I can help uh, to do that.
1: Yeah. And that's the power of collaboration, right? When you take your knowledge and you team up with, with that many other people, that, that, that in itself is an amazing network. Okay. So now we're going to move to the bad. So do you have, I'm sure every successful woman has many bad stories, right? So uh, share with us one of the bad stories of your journey. Yeah. I mean, I
2: think my biggest bad one that I think about that could have crippled me uh, and it's not my ugly story but it was it would be close is it was my first business, my e-com business, is as we were growing at one stage we had fourteen hundred different products. 60% of those were actually tangible in our garage and the 40% were dropship. So as we were growing and our orders were increasing and increasing, it was obviously clear that we couldn't keep doing things. So I thought from the comfort of our home, you know, I had people come in to do packing of orders, etc. And so I heard of uh, third-party logistics, right? And I thought, okay, so basically for those that don't know, it's an external company that they hold all your products and they will dispatch everything for you. And so we, I asked a whole bunch of questions and I thought I was very clear, but we moved everything to a third-party logistics, which was great. I had freedom and I had a little bit more time and I wasn't stressing. But what they failed to tell me, in my opinion, despite they knew how many questions I was asking, was that you get charged a shelving fee when you're at a third party logistics. So what happens is is we had, let's just say 60%, let's just say 600 products were sitting, or let's just say 750% would be 700 700 products were sitting with them. Um, The thing is though, is not all products churn very quickly, right? Because they might be a seasonal product. and so. They were sitting on those shelves but i was getting charged for them to sit on those shelves which means those products started to run into a deficit versus profit right now they told in fairness they told me that i would be getting a shelving fee and they did admit at the end that they didn't consider my type of business model where things were seasonal and things like that, right? So what happened was, is then it was like every month our profit margin was going down and down and down. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have to do something quick because if not, I'm now the major, not majority, but a lot of person, because they're called filler products. So things like, I would have bibs, for example, all right even though the majority of my stuff is wooden toys but we knew pe- people were searching in google for bibs so you would bring the person over to your website to buy the bib but then by default they love what you have and they start to add more to cart but your filler products aren't necessarily ones that again that are do you know what I mean um, like they're just there to be there. So we had a lot of filler products too, Do you mean to bump up things. So they weren't churning as quickly. So we then had to bring everything back to the home. Do you know what I mean? Because the thing was is our products that sold really quickly could have stayed there. But then if someone sold one of those products that sold very quickly, and then had one of the filler or seasonal products, we then were having to send two packages out from two different locations. And then we would have then lost money on shipping and things like that. So that was my, did mean kind of bad story is that um, as much research as I had done and as much thoroughness as I had done, uh, you can never ask too many questions. So yeah, so that one, uh, yeah, it could have been uh, a very detrimental
1: yeah well and it sounds like it was a loss until you figured out you know what was happening and how you could gain that back wow mm-hmm. that that's big mm-hmm. that's really big and and you really had no other choice but to just bring it back mm-hmm. absolutely get, and some people would have quit right <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's those are things that make people quit and that's why they never actually have the success that they deserve Okay. Well, now we're going for ugly girl. <laughs> we got to yeah. tell them the truth, right? Yes So, yeah, so um, I worked
2: uh, full time in my other job as a mental health clinician. And I did that, you know, there's a lot of push about quit your nine to five. And I call BS on that actually, Cammy, because the thing is, is the, it's starting a business is already stressful. If you're married, you've got another factor to consider. If you've got children, you've got another factor to consider. So the more variables that are stacked against you, the higher the risk is and the harder it will be to get this potentially up and going, in my opinion, and what I've seen over the years. So I was more than happy to stay in my nine-to-five job. You know, it was a hundred and twenty-thousand-dollar-a-year job. I, in Australia, you get four weeks annual leave, you get two weeks sick leave. This particular job, I got one rostered day off a year, and I also was able to buy an additional four weeks um, purchase leave. So I actually was only in my job, but. Seven and a half, eight months of the year and the rest of it, but I was paid for the full 12 months, right? So for me is a very good strategic move because I could take a lot of that time off and have those days off to work on the growth of the business. Does that make sense? Well, knowing that I still had holidays, I still had my sick pay, all of that was paid for. So don't just quit your day job unless you actually have money to fall back on for probably about, I would say six to minimum six months, but ideally 12 months. So if you've got an inheritance, great, that might be helpful. But if you don't have that type of money sitting there, do not quit your day job, seriously. It puts too much, I see marriages break up about it. They disconnect from their children because the pressure is so much. Like really, you really have to consider that. So in my day job though, there was, I was responsible for working with our most um, acute and severe individuals in community who are, were either like say floridly psychotic and have been for say 10 or 12 years, um, etc. And I love that part of the job. The other part of it, though, is it was my responsibility to make sure that these individuals had care and access to the resources that they needed, but it was provided by not-for-profit organizations, and one of the not-for-profit organizations uh, was actually fraudulently keeping money of people who had suicided. And so this information came to me uh, while I was obviously running my business. This is very much about my, how, it, I'll get to how it impacts the business, but in that day job, I then basically had to lawyer up because my bosses weren't doing anything around i'm like we know this information if this gets to media and you guys don't act on it it's going to look like we didn't do the right thing and i'm not prepared to compromise my brand or my name in the field because of this and my boss just kept pushing it under the kind of rug and so i lawyered up and the lawyers were like absolutely you've got a paper trail showing you've asked for this to be dealt with and reported to the state government they haven't done anything about it she said though as soon as we send this email though on letterhead from us as the lawyers you do know you're going to have an x on your back because you now look like the problem child even though you're morally and ethically doing the right thing because they now know that they've been compromised and that they're potentially going to be exposed i said i don't care i have to be able to lay my head on my pillow and it's not right that you know a quarter of a million dollars or half a million dollars could be going to someone that's alive with a severe mental illness and getting them out of hospital and back with their family and community and the people are basically like siphoning the money i said it's not okay so as soon as I did that, then I started to get bullied at work and that's where it starts to impact the, my business because then I um, was diagnosed with depression. I was a diagnosed with anxiety. Um, I then had to take a leave. Like I had, it was like, compl- I was on, um in Australia. I don't know what you guys call it back in the U S uh, uh, we have like insurance. So if you get sick, you'll get 75% of your wage is still paid, but it's like, you're not at the workplace. Does that make sense? So I yeah, wasn't able to that. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I was in the
1: U.S. it's called disability it's right, called disability
2: yeah, yeah, it's, insurance yeah yeah so we that's what I was on but the problem was at that stage you know is the depression was so bad is that you know the business was still ticking along and at that stage I had just started the consulting business so I was still showing up and doing the bare minimum do you know what I mean but what people didn't realize is then I would be in my room in the dark because I was at the lowest of the lows do you know what I mean to try and to get out of that right so I guess like what the Ugly would say is I don't think it would have ever crippled me because I'm quite a determined person. However, it was definitely the lowest part, do you know what I mean, of my business trying to bet because at that stage I had two businesses, two young kids, plus dealing with the anxiety and depression. So that I would say would be my ugly. However, As an advocate for mental health and as an advocate to break down the stigma, I do look at it as a blessing because I'm able to share my own experience, not just as a clinician you diagnose people, but I have my own lived experience. And through that, I have a voice to say that as a, when you are in startup, when you are in growth stage and when you are in scale stage, your stressors are all very different and stress leads to burnout, but then what are you get like you get a little bit of stress, then you get the burnout, but then you get a full blown diagnosis. So again, to me is it's, it's ugly, but I've also looked at this as an opportunity to remind people that you need to take care of your mental health, just as much as you do your physical health
1: absolutely Uh, and you know i find most times that it's the ugly that lead us leads us into the greatness right and the 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 wonderful things that we get to enjoy in the success of our businesses Uh, so let's can we talk about this for a little bit a little bit more about this depression and anxiety because i know like this is your background this is your education and you have a personal experience and i really believe and i see this um that there are a few different types of this and um, just kind of like share a little bit about how did you get yourself out of that? Now, I mean, most people are not, uh, you know, educated in this. So like, I have to remind myself like, okay, you were educated in it, but even still it's different experience when you're going through it personally, right? Um, But you know, with, with the pandemic, with you know the uncertainty that has you know there's more anxiety more depression in the world you know more fear of the you know unknown and things like that so what kind of like tips do you have or advice that you could give to someone who's listening who may be suffering with that right now
2: yeah i mean my first thing is is if you could acknowledge it is obviously tell family, tell friends and get to your local GP, uh, general practice doctor, whatever, just doctor, your local family doctor back home, right? Um, I also think it's important though that what works for one person might not work for the other. So if you are heavily Googling what I need to do, do you know what I mean, as we all seem to do because it's readily available, just uh, again, and I know what for me is when you are at your lowest, your ability to to logically have the reason and logic capacity that you normally would have is not firing the same way. So it's easy for me to say this, but the reality of it is practicing it can be quite tricky. But if you are at a low, the sooner you can get to your doctor, the better. But look at things like you may need medication, you may not. Don't just go in there thinking you've got to jump right into medication. Now, if you are obviously suicidal or whatever, like yes, get whatever help you need right away. But know that there are other things that you can do is you can do medication, but you could equally do mean look at like incorporating massage incorporating acupuncture incorporating natural path do you know what I mean like there's other things too that i encourage you to look at because typically it's not just one thing or the other that's influencing right why you are where you're at um, therapy could be another thing but it might not be so what i say is i, I encourage you to look at the, all of the things that you have readily available uh, i was on medication for about 18 to 20 months and then i i knew like I needed that medication for that stint, and then I knew that I was able to get off of it, but I also don't know where I would be without that medication. Does that make sense? So you know, it was one of those things that I had to put pride aside and I'm like, oh my goodness, I used to tell people they need to take their medication every single day, right? Like, and I'm like, now I'm here telling tell myself, you just gotta keep, you know, it's there to help you if that's the right thing for you. But I don't necessarily always just jump to medication. Um, it's important that you work with a doctor that understands you and takes into consideration other things that you wanna look at, like kinesiology and like doing X, Y, and Z, um, to make sure that you're really getting the care that's gonna help you
1: amazing oh my gosh that's amazing and you know that's the thing um is that when we share these things we don't want to just leave people with that right we want to tell them like okay if this is happening to you right now you know this this is what you need to do like reach out to somebody look, look at this look at that so thank you so much for that and i'm so sorry that you had that ugly experience but i'm so grateful because you are able to use that to help so many people. And I really feel that in all of our journeys, if we can take those bad experiences and, you know, forget the experience, remember the lesson and be able to use it to help other people along their journeys, then it's not in vain. And so I appreciate you so much for that. And thank you so much for being with us today on our podcast and you know you truly are invincible and i feel so honored to have you here and have these conversations with you and before we say goodbye i would love to have you just finish this one sentence for me Mm -hmm. so you ready sure i'm ready (laughs) okay okay so the world would be a better place if more people knew blank
2: yeah so for me, the world would be a better place if the world knew that we need to get more wealth into the hands of women. Um, you know we talked about this prior to recording, and just not about this question but just about the conversation about women and what we need to do right now in our current environment and for me is if you get wealth into the hands of women you start to change communities, you start to have um, international change. And the data shows this. This isn't just me trying to bag out males. The data shows that women are more likely to contribute wealth back into society and back into communities. So for me, it's, I have a strong mission to make sure that, again, women continue to get the education tools and community they need to grow these businesses. Because if I can do that, if you can do that, we're gonna have more wealth and therefore the world's gonna be a better place.
1: Fabulous. That is a total mic drop. Angela Henderson, thank you so much for being here today. You truly are invincible. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business right now, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it.